Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima Laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic-grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at-home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin, and now... This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Y'all, oh my God, Food Heals Nation, I just got the softest sheets and pajama set from Cozy Earth, and I had to go and get you a discount code too, so that you could experience the coziness as well. You can visit CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS, and you'll get an exclusive 35% off. So Cozy Earth, it's like your one-stop shop for what they call the luxury she deserves. So listen up, guys because this could make a great gift for that special someone, your girlfriend, your wife, the mother in your life. And don't forget, Mother's Day will be here before we know it. So get a gift for the mom or moms. Here's a nice little gift you could ask for. Anyways, let's start with the sheets to transform your sleep. The coolest thing about Cozy Earth Bedding is that it is temperature regulating. So you stay cool, which is so important when you're sleeping. Plus they are just so soft. It feels like I'm sleeping on a cloud. Plus I love the cozy earth quality and longevity promise. All products come with a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty. So incorporating cozy earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and just overall wellness. So Again, this is the luxury you deserve. You can treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. And while you're at it, don't forget to check out the Bamboo Pajama Set. It was awarded Oprah's Favorite Things in 2019, so you know it's good. I love the softness and breathability of the fabric, and it has these really great side pockets. And don't forget that by supporting our sponsors, you support this show. Head over to CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS for an exclusive 35% off, and go get your mom the luxury she deserves on Mother's Day at CozyEarth.com with promo code FOODHEALS. Food Heals Podcast, episode 26. I think that honestly, the thing that helped me the most, just keeping a positive outlook and a positive attitude. Like, hey, I have no hair, but I'm like 10 pounds skinnier than I've ever been in my life. (laughs) Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. 
Join the Food Hills Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben & Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately. Welcome to the Food Heals Podcast. I'm Allison Melody. I'm Susie Hardy. And today we have an amazing guest who is five and a half years cancer-free. She's a second grade teacher who loves Pilates, ASU football, and her dog, Rio. She received her master's degree in 2012 in educational leadership. After winning her battle against breast cancer, Jill Tomback now promotes a clean and active lifestyle for cancer prevention. And she just happens to be one of my closest friends. Please welcome Jill Tomback. Hi, everybody. Hi. So welcome. great to be here. Thanks for coming. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. Thanks for bringing Rio to play with our doggies. Yes, he's here. He wouldn't miss it for the world. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get to Jill's story, we have to tell you about our sponsor, 100% Pure. Food Heals Nation, if you listen to this podcast often, you know that I'm always on the lookout for natural, organic, vegan, cruelty-free products that actually work. And one of my favorite brands is 100% Pure Cosmetics. Completely free of all harmful toxins, 100% Pure is a healthy and pure line of nourishing personal care items made only with the highest quality ingredients. It's 100% natural, 100% cruelty-free, and all products are 100% free of artificial colors, fragrances, synthetic chemicals, preservatives, and all toxins. Beauty as pure as it is powerful. And they call their stuff health food for your skin. And right here, we have some of their coffee bean eye cream that they sent us. And Susie and I love it. Jill, do you want to try it? I would love to. Okay, catch. Oh, gosh. Good catch. (laughs) I got it, everybody. Don't worry about me. I really like it. I was in Las Vegas this weekend, and my aunt was complaining about wrinkles under the eye. So I gave her some as well, and I think it really smells good. So we'll see if she likes it. I'll let you guys know. I love it. Well, first of all, we all know I'm obsessed with smells. It smells, especially if I'm putting it on my skin. Smells really good. I love its consistency. It's really creamy and hydrating. Yeah. We love it. That's why I scored an amazing discount exclusive for you, Food Heals Nation. From now until November 25th, 2015, you can receive 25% off any 100% pure products and free shipping. So stay tuned and later in the show, we'll tell you how to get that discount. That's an amazing discount. Yeah. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. All right, Jill, thanks again so much for being here. So one thing that's unusual about this interview is I'm interviewing one of my closest friends, and I was there for her story, and so I witnessed everything that she went through. I don't have exact questions prepared like I usually do, but I know Susie's going to have a lot of questions just hearing Jill's story for the first time. And, you know, Jill, I just invite you to share your story from the beginning and tell us what you went through with breast cancer, what worked for you, what didn't, and how how did you get to be in front of us standing here, stunning, beautiful, and healthy today? Wow. Okay. Well, it's a, <laughs> a long ride. Okay. So my story starts just at a routine annual exam at my gynecologist's office. She was doing my annual breast exam and all of a sudden she kind of stopped on one area and it was in a really weird place. It was kind of like in between like my collarbone. It was pretty high up. She presses on it for a little bit and then like circles around and then comes back to it and she goes, huh? That's interesting. You have you have a lump there. And I said, oh, I think it's just muscle. I do a lot of push-ups. I'm just really strong. It's just big muscle. She said, yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely not muscle, but it's probably not a big deal. You're so young. You're 25. I'm just going to send you to the imaging center for an ultrasound just so they can take a look at it and make sure. So a couple weeks go by and I go for my ultrasound appointment. Um, and out walks this really nice doctor man. He calls me into the back and he shows me my x-ray film for my mammogram and he's pointing out this mass and he's saying now I, I don't want to alarm you but it looks very suspicious he said well I'd like to get a biopsy done of this lump and, and really find out what it is and I said okay so how do I schedule that do I just call back and make an appointment and he looked at me and he said no it's it's suspicious in the way that I'm going to do the biopsy right now so we go down into this basement room which we get to it and he does the biopsy and then I, you know, I'm in pain and, and it's uncomfortable and I'm all bruised up and he says, okay, well, we'll send the results to your primary care physician and then he'll, he'll call you in two to three days. But the next morning at 10 a.m., thank God I wasn't at work 
because I get a phone call from my regular doctor's office. It's not at all what you think in the movies. He literally just over the phone right there just said, okay, well, you have cancer. Fuck. Yeah. And I was sitting alone in my bedroom with like an ice pack on my boob from the mammogram. And I don't know if anyone's ever seen the movie 50-50. If you've ever had cancer or experienced somebody in your life with cancer, don't watch it because you'll just sob the entire time. But I, of course, made the mistake of going to see it thinking it would be funny because it had Seth Rogen in it. It's not funny. <laughs> None of it's funny. And None I of recommend. it? Uh, to me, I no. Thought they sh- I didn't watch the whole thing. I have seen bits of it, but I I thought in my head like they would have tried to make it funny. It no, might just no. be too it, close to home for certain yeah, people who yeah. have dealt didn't, with cancer. It didn't work for me. I yeah. was in the movie theater just like, I should have brought a box of tissues. This is so sad. I told you not to see that I know. movie, by the way. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but the scene where, where Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character is diagnosed... That's the most realistic portrayal from my experience that I've ever seen. Like, that's exactly what happens. You just go into you like. You go into shock. Yeah, and you're just like, uh, what? You go into, <laughs> you go into shock. Yeah. I would assume. Totally. I'm trying to think of, you know, like. Yeah. There's no words to explain it, but if anyone's wondering what's like, watch that part of that movie because it's exactly what my experience was. And I was like, man, whoever made this movie really knows what they're talking about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. So then, of course, you know, I call my family. My, you don't know my mother, Susie, but Allie does. And my mother freaks out, hangs up, hangs up on me. She just hangs up. <laughs> 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 that's funny. I'm sorry. Well, not, that's a lot of your experience, but that's no. like, what? Your mother's not supposed to hang up on no, you. So no, sorry. She didn't hang up on me. She said, I'll be there in six hours. Like she literally was like, oh. I'm getting on a plane. I'll be there Aww, in six hours. Okay. Click. I mean, that's my, my memory. Maybe it didn't go Aww. down that way, but I just remember being like, my own mother just got off the phone. Like, well, now yeah. I'm alone. Like, I know she's going to be here. Well, soon, she thought like, the priority was to just get on a plane yeah. as opposed to like checking in with you. And yeah, I, yeah. I think that's how some people deal with trauma. When I told one of my best friends that my father had just died, she said, let me call you back. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, she hung up. <laughs> That's not funny, but so funny at the it's same time. It's funny now because you got to look back at it and go, you know what? It's your shit, but it's hard for other people too. Yes, it absolutely is. I was immediately surrounded by family and then Allie came home and I didn't want to tell her because I know <laughs> all of her experiences. And I was like, I actually don't want to tell Allie this, but like she's my roommate, so I'm going to have to let her know. And so what was that like, Allie? It was so hard, to be honest. I mean, yeah. that was when my father had only died you know, two years ago at that point. So my father's death to cancer was very fresh. And then I hadn't dealt with my mother's death to cancer. And then to have one of my best friends and roommates have cancer, it was like, I had the moment too that Jill's talking about where everything goes blurry, where it's just like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't be there for her. I don't know what to do. And I don't know if I can. Wow. But you were totally there. Well, I mean, I did my best. (laughs) (laughs) No, the next morning, you or it might even been that same evening, you came down the stairs with like eight hundred articles printed out and two books, (laughs) and you were like, "Jill, we're gonna we're gonna get through this. We're gonna change all these things about your life. Start reading." And I just looked at her. She hand you a fresh juice because (laughs) she hadn't yet. But I looked at her and I was like, "This is amazing." I can't read any of it. Like I, know, I, can't, yeah, I was like, I, I, I can't look at us. I couldn't even like look up. I was like, well, whatever. Like what? But no, you did great. I felt ter- I, I was feeling for you, which is actually the weird experience that I had. I actually, throughout the whole experience of my having cancer, I actually felt worse for other people around me and my family, and my friends, than I did for myself, which was really hard to do. Isn't with. that just so interesting about? You know, human, yeah, human sure. beings. And yeah, it's like, here you are. It's your body. It's your issue. At the end of the day, you had to go through it alone, even though you had your family and your friends supporting you. It's still yeah. your body. Like, yeah. yeah. And at the same time, you're worrying about everybody else. Yeah. Instead of I was more concerned about what I was doing to everyone else. It was oh. really sad. Um, what was I saying? Oh, but anyway. And so, so your family, your sister, your family surrounded you. Yeah. So my family came and then um, we called my doctor. I mean, I was sitting in a circle with my sister, my mother, my aunt, and my uncle. And they were all kind of saying, like, okay, so what do we do now? Like, wh- tell us what we need to do. What's our next step? And I looked at them, and I was like, well, I thought someone else would know. I don't know what the next <laughs> like, I've never dealt with this before. Somebody help me. Yeah. So um, my sister started researching surgeons oh no well first we called my regular primary care doctor again the sweet man who had no idea any of this was even happening until he had to deliver the news um we call him back in the morning and i say well what do i do 
And he was like, okay, well, you need a surgeon, most likely, um, and you need an oncologist. And I'd start there, and then they will refer you on to, like, whatever else you might need. So he gave me um, a name of, like, one breast surgeon affiliated with Cedars-Sinai. I had to stick there because that's what my insurance was through. It was the best experience I could have had given the circumstances because it was such a great hospital. Right. So I really I appreciate everything about Cedars-Sinai. And I think they have a whole – I mean, it's right around the corner, right? So it's like I think they have a whole breast cancer center. center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Saul and Joyce Brandman Breast Center. There we and go. Back in the day of Foursquare, I checked in there so often I became the mayor. And I was like <laughs> – <laughs> I was proud and depressed at the same time. I was like, um, I sent my sister a text. I was like, I've just ousted someone as the mayor of the breast center. <laughs> so decided I like, should I celebrate or be really, really sad about this? <laughs> I met with my surgeon, Kathy Dang, the best woman on the planet. She ended up actually my first visit with her. She did her own breast exam. She ended up finding two more lumps, one in the same breast that my cancer was found and one in the other breast. And she was like, more biopsies, saddle up, girl, this is happening. So I got two more biopsies done like right then and there and instantly I felt more comfortable with her than I felt with any doctor in my whole life because I was like, wow, you have such a steady hand. And like, wow, like, <laughs> you're so calm about this. Like this is so much more relaxing than the last one. And she was very thorough too, which made me feel really good about everything. So those two lumps ended up being benign. So anyway, we sit down and at this point I have found cancer in one breast, an additional lump plus another lump in the other breast. And she sits down with me in her office and and basically lays out the options. And she's like, okay, so there's four things you can do. Option one is you can do nothing. That's totally fine. Option two is we could do a lumpectomy and remove the cancer that we know that you have and you can keep your breasts. And depending on how much we need to take in the lumpectomy, you might need a little bit of reconstruction or be a little misshapen in a way, but that's the easiest option. And then she said option two, we can do a single mastectomy. Then the last option was to do the bilateral or both sides mastectomy. I looked at her and I was like, well, I'm 25. So which one of those options makes sure I don't ever have to do this again? (laughs) And she was like, the bilateral mastectomy will take all of your breast tissue away. So it would be impossible for you to get breast cancer again. Or not impossible because of the tissue that stays attached to your skin. So very much reduced for the rest of my life risk. And then um, my mother sitting across from me always asks this question to doctors. And I usually think she's crazy for asking it. But this time she looked across the table and said, if this were you or this were your daughter, what would you do? And she I was think like, that's a great question. Yeah. yeah. And so, but of course, my surgeon was like, oh, get rid of them both, like tomorrow. And I think I had like two weeks between like that appointment and my surgery. And that was a very stressful two weeks because knowing that you have cancer in your body and that it's just growing and sitting there and could be potentially like spreading and you can't do anything to get rid of it because other people are are on the list to go before you for the same problem. That was really, really sad. How did you deal with it? Oh, great question. I self-medicated with Tylenol PM because I was in pain from all the biopsies and I just wanted to sleep. At one point I ran out of it. So then I started just doing Tylenol and Benadryl. And then I found out that Tylenol PM is Tylenol with Benadryl. So I was like, <laughs> look at me being smart. That's exactly the drug that makes you sleepy. In you the know, I will say in circumstances like these, and I have not been through it, but yeah. I would, I have been through other extremely stressful losing a parent mm-hmm. where same thing. All I wanted to do was sleep. Yeah. And, and that. in that case, pharmaceuticals or antidepressants or antidepressants or even just like you know not natural stuff not melatonin you need something to right. just knock you out yep or a blessing yeah so <laughs> like Susie said at the time it was what you needed and it got you through it and you know on this show we don't prescribe that as a way of life and doing every day but when you need a drug that's what they're for yeah yeah and I mean listen I could have turned it's Los Angeles I could have found all sorts of other drugs too too but that is true <laughs> just you, went the, you went the easy lighter route I did I <laughs> <laughs> like the most legal possible route that I could have found. So I'd, I'd like to say I'm proud of that. I'm like, people always ask, like, wasn't that such a hard decision to remove your breasts at 25? And I look back at them and I say, well, they were trying to kill me. So <laughs> I, I just didn't want them anymore. Bitches had to go. Yeah. Listen, I'll kill you before you kill me. So let's go. Like, chop out. Let's pack them off. So yeah. So then it's it's surgery day. They take one lymph node at a time from each side. Or if you just do one side, they take one lymph node. And they they have this special glow-in-the-dark blue dye. And they dye the lymph node. And then the way my surgeon actually described it to me is they have almost like a deli meat slicer. 
in the, in the operating room. Ugh, I just had a horrible I know, visual. Sorry. <laughs> well, the lymph node's tiny, so it's not like they're cutting. I know. I just, I'm picture, yeah. I just pictured a blue. No, I just had a, I just really saw it. Okay. Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so they, um, blue yeah. lymph node in deli meat slicer. Got it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it must be really fun to have their job. So, so a pathologist is there in the room and they slice the lymph node really thin and then they turn off the lights and that blue dye stuff glows and they look under a microscope and they see if there's any trans traces of cancer cells in your lymph node. And it's actually such a, a cool medical advancement to know about from like the surgery standpoint, because if there's no traces of cancer in that lymph node, they'll stop removing your lymph nodes. Oh, my breast surgeon removed my breast tissue and did that whole portion for the first, I want to say it's probably like four or five hours. I was asleep, so I don't know. <laughs> um, and then the reconstructive surgeon steps in and he placed those expanders that I talked about in. So I actually never woke up like flat chested. It's it's important to note that like I have 500 cc's in me, which like if you or Allie were to get a boob job and add 500 cc's to your existing breast tissue, you would look like Pamela Anderson in the <laughs> 90s. But really? Yes, 500 cc's I might is be okay massive. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, Dan would love that. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Dan would be like, "Look at my wife." He um, wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> I'm sure he'd figure something out. Yeah. <laughs> Most men would. Yeah. I, he wouldn't let that go to waste, I'm sure. But um, I feel like even at this point and being like the changed person that I am in my like lifestyle and my choices of like what I put into my body, I feel like all of the things I came home from the hospital with were essential. Like I, I if I had to relive that, knowing everything about health and and eating clean and, and natural remedies and things. Even knowing all of that after a surgery such as I had, I mean, I would never be like, no antibiotics. Like, that's kind of important. I would never say no painkiller because I would have died if I ever felt that much pain. Yeah. And I would never say no muscle relaxer because that just made me happy. I'm no. Just <laughs> I'm sure it was doing more than that. But every time I took it, I like 10 minutes later, I was like, oh, okay, we're good. Like, Look, we're you okay. had just been through a trauma and you had to get through it. And yeah. we're not knocking drugs in that respect there. No. I think like it is important in those situations. But now you live this holistic, healthy lifestyle and that's important now. But you got to do what's right at the time. Yeah. That's right. And the more pills, the better at the time. I was like, what else can I take? So yeah, I started the healing process. And then I went and met with my oncologist again and I remember I looked at him and I said okay so I'm, I'm down to do whatever just tell me I don't need chemotherapy and he looked at me and he was like actually yes like that's that's kind of all we can do right now and I said uh, okay what was their reasoning for that there are so many cases of breast cancer in which chemotherapy has proven to be successful that it seems like the preferred route to take if you want to assure success so yeah, so we did we did the chemo route, and um, at this point, I had started listening to Allie a little bit more about <laughs> a, what about was the, Allie doing right now at this point. So Allie was just being the best Angel. friend that she could. Was she, she still printing out articles. She was still printing out articles like every day. She'd like come into She's my room. She's turning away right now. She'd come into my room and be like, Jill, I just I just researched this and I I read this, and she'd come in like with her phone and like read me an article, and I'd Aww. be like, Allie. You're a good That's friend. Amazing. And I gave her documentaries and books. And of course, such it a was, good friend. but you guys, like, it was my own issue. I was repeating my, my not being able to help my dad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, when my mom was sick, I didn't have any awareness of nutrition. I didn't have any awareness of cancer. I didn't have any awareness of alternative medicine. And with my dad, I started to have awareness. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, we can reverse this. We can fix this. We can heal this. We can make sure it never comes back. Whether you do alternative medicine or whether you do conventional Western medicine, there's still so much you can add to it. Right. Yes. And there's lots of complementary things. So whatever Jill was doing, I was just trying to help in the only way that I knew how, which was to say, drink green juice, eat this garlic, whatever <laughs> the books and the documentaries were telling me. And so, you know, I was acting out my not being able to help my father on Jill. And I actually feel bad about that. <laughs> no, don't, because I totally started doing things. That is true. So then, but you are, it, the interesting thing is, you weren't ever like, no, Allie, leave me alone. I don't believe in this. You were like, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you were totally into so it. So you were probably like not the way you perceived yourself. You were probably being really caring and loving and helpful and just giving her information that she wasn't yes. aware of. Yes, look, I tried. Yeah, I hope I was. <laughs> you were. You were totally helpful. So she was so helpful that like before I started chemo, 
I went to this natural food store Erewhon. by my house called Erewhon, which is like, unfortunately, like I think I pay more to them a month in like food supplements <laughs> than my rent. I, me too. <laughs> but I love it so much. We're it's worth every it. penny. It's so great. So great. Everybody go to Erewhon. Um, and I don't even work there. I just really love it that much. <laughs> no, they're not a sponsor. I should contact them for sponsorship. They Jill will be. and I spend our entire <laughs> paycheck there. Like I go there, I mean, three times a week I'm there. Jill, you're probably there more because you can walk I'm there. I'm there twice a day because it's at like the corner of my street. Yeah. It's bad. Um, But anyway, so I took this girl, Haley's advice to do acupuncture during chemo. And I went and saw him beforehand, the acupuncturist. And I said, okay, this is what's happening. And he said, okay, so we're going to keep your stomach strong. We're going to keep your immune system strong. And we're going to keep you energized and stress-free. Like those were like the things he was going to do for me. Side note on him. Um, Allie had a a car accident, right, with pain. Mm -hmm. And he's treated her pain. And my mother... um, suffered from sciatica for like 15 years and nothing fixed it. She went physical therapy, all this stuff. The one doctor was talking about surgery to take the pressure off of her sciatic nerve. I mean, it was like crippling. I don't know how that would work, but that right. I've had acupuncture. I had it when I was 16 for sciatica and back pain. Yeah. And it healed me. Yeah. My mom went to see him, I think like four times and she was like out walking like a mile a day, like mile, two miles. And she was like, I feel fine, but I'm afraid to tweak it, but I feel fine. Yep. And I went to acupuncture religiously twice a week throughout like pre-chemo and throughout my entire three months it's I did four cycles with three weeks in between each cycle I think I was like the champion of chemotherapy I mean I did lose my hair which was sad but I had an amazing wig like custom made for me so nobody knew except for my roommates who got to see me walk walk around the house without hair on my head sometimes she was a really pretty bald girl oh I have a very nice shaped head today (laughs) (laughs) I could see that I could see that yeah I think it's good but it is child sized going to acupuncture I mean I had so much energy I would go in for a chemo infusion and I would come home and just take like that day to rest and maybe the next day and I would take my nausea pills like just those two days and then for the remainder of the three weeks between like chemo infusions I was fine my experience with chemotherapy in the past was seeing people, both of my parents, not able to even leave the house almost. They could to go to their appointments. And then it was just like sleeping, laying around, watching movies, not doing much. And then seeing you go through it, you had more energy than I could possibly imagine. And I definitely think it was because of the acupuncture and complimentary things you were doing, but Mm -hmm. you were able to go out. You were able to exercise. You were doing more than I had seen before. You were also 25, which may have also played into it because I'm thinking about the only comparison. My reference is my parents who were older in their fifties, but still you were like, you had this hot wig. She was doing everything we were doing before she was sick. But I later needed to do a different kind of chemotherapy and I opted not to do the acupuncture with it and it was a very different experience and it wasn't pleasant. So the whole time I was on my first kind of chemo, in my biopsy scar, and this is after I already had my mastectomy, I had already done my reconstruction, everything was already done. In the little dot of a scar where my biopsy was originally done, I started to feel a little hard spot. And I was like, what is this? And the little hard spot started to get bigger. Son of a bitch. So when I was, yeah. So I showed it to my oncologist. This is mid chemo. This is like after my, I'm halfway through chemo and I'm like, so I have this thing. And he feels it and he's like, you know, this happens a lot in scars. Like you can get like a lot of scar tissue or like a cyst can sometimes form and whatever. And he goes, as long as it's growing during chemo, I think it's safe to say that it's not cancer because why would it be growing during chemo? It's probably, you know, whatever, a sister or this or that. So I was like, okay. And then I went in after my third chemo treatment and it started shrinking. And I was like, well, now it's getting smaller. And he was like, okay, well, you basically have zero immune system right now. So we, we can't do anything about it. But when we're finished with chemo, you know, we'll have you go in for another surgery. We'll cut it out and we'll figure it out. Right. I mean, at that point I was two months into chemo. Like, what do you do? You can't throw me on operating table. I could have died from an infection or something. So sure enough, I go for my surgery and they cut it out and it is more of the same cancer, which was horrible news, but a huge blessing in disguise because like you mentioned, they have to go based on statistics. So for the type of cancer that I had, he gave me statistically the best treatment. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be effective for everyone. Right. So we learned 
right away that the three months I had just spent going through chemotherapy was completely ineffective against the cancer that I Son had. of a bitch. I feel like, I feel <laughs> like I'm cursing up a storm here, but I'm just yeah. like listening to your story and like, yeah. It's so like, frustrating. It's unacceptable. Yeah. It, it, it really is. It was like, so frustrating. If they don't know, they should not prescribe that. I know. He, it was the type of treatment that he prescribed for me was 80 something percent effective against the specific type of cancer that I had. And I fell into whatever. But you want to talk crazy statistic. I was like, I already had a mastectomy. Like, how do I even have this? And it's going in your scar. So wait for my statistic. Uh oh. I am a one in a million. Woo! Yeah, except of the bad kind. <laughs> I am, the statistic is literally one in a million where during a biopsy, a, a like tiny individual cancer cell will accidentally be deposited into the skin tissue. And that is what happened to me. My mouth is open right now mm-hmm. and I know Food Heals Nation can't see this right now, but my mouth is open. I know. It was insane. I was like, wow, I am one in a million in the worst possible way. So we went back to the drawing board. And that's when I started seeing other doctors for second opinions. Because I was like, uh, listen. And I went to all sorts of specialists who don't take my insurance. And thank God I have such generous parents who could financially afford to like help me do whatever else I I mean what are your parents going to be like you know what you can't have our money you can just die of cancer like no they helped me go see like a whole bunch of other doctors and I took because none of them took my insurance I took what I learned from them and I went back to my oncologist and then I heard what he had to say and then I said well here's an idea I got from someone else and we together came up with like a new plan because at this point you know knowing what I know now I would have just been like you know screw chemotherapy I'm over it but again this is a long time ago and I didn't know everything and and you're scared I was yeah it was I was scared and I basically I got two answers one was different chemo more chemo right now and then um, the other answer was radiation right now on the area where we know the cancer is just kill it at the source and then re-chemotherapy you after to treat the rest of your body so there were two different schools of thought like treat your whole body some more and then focus on the one area or focus on the area and then treat the rest of your body just in case it got out so to me that made more sense so I went with that but my oncologist wasn't completely comfortable with it so what he ended up doing was giving me a low dose of a different chemotherapy drug weekly during my radiation so I was like at one point getting both which Yikes. yeah but the good news is the one that I got during radiation had very 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 mild side effects I really didn't feel anything I felt fine my hair grew back during it like it was a it's a very different type of drug and it's supposed to complement the radiation or something I don't know but I did that and then we get to the part where radiation ended. Chill. I just, if I had any more <laughs> wine, I would toast you like that. I drank it all. But, um, that you, I mean, come on, like what you went through at 25, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, yeah. However you got through it, you know, you had to find the humor and I, I don't blame you. I would, I would try to if I wasn't, you know, I might go the other way. My personality would probably get really depressed, but like, God bless you for just trucking through and you're here and you're beautiful. I am. I'm thriving. I'm not as skinny as I once was on chemo, but I'm still here. (laughs) When I was all done with that, with that bout of chemo and I started to gain weight back and I went back for a checkup and I asked my oncologist, I said, how do I not gain all this weight back? Like, can I stay this skinny forever? And he was like, jokingly he said well i could continue to give you chemotherapy treatments but i don't think that's what you want and i was like i i don't want that that was his way of being like be happy that you're off the drugs right. and like be 10 pounds heavier and it's fine right hey this is john lee dumas of entrepreneur on fire and you're listening to the food heals podcast where you'll find the tools to become a hotter healthier happier you we'll be right back with allison melody and Susie hardy Food Heals Nation, if you listen to this podcast often, you know that I'm always on the lookout for natural, organic, vegan, and cruelty-free products that actually work. About two years ago, I discovered 100% Pure Cosmetics. 100% Pure's mission is to create the healthiest cosmetics made with the highest quality ingredients. Just as birth control patches and nicotine patches deliver the medication topically, whatever we apply on our skin gets absorbed into our bloodstream. This is why all 100% Pure formulas are free from harmful toxins that are commonly in other cosmetics. And I love that they practice what they preach. 
Their corporate offices are run by 100% solar energy, their company is 100% electric, and their pure biodegradable formulas are packaged with post-consumer recycled material and printed with biodegradable, non-toxic vegetable ink. And they love animals. They are completely cruelty-free and charitable towards animal welfare. There are so many amazing products to choose from at 100% Pure, makeup, skin care, hair care, and even baby products. But my personal favorite is the coffee bean eye cream. It smells delicious, it's anti-inflammatory, and it improves the appearance of puffy under eyes and brightens dark circles. It's made with natural ingredients like potent anti-aging vitamins, antioxidants, and nourishing rosehip oil to make the eye area appear more awake and more youthful. That is why I scored an amazing discount exclusive for you, Food Heals Nation. From now until November 25th, 2015, you can receive 25% off any products from 100percentpure.com plus free shipping using the coupon code FOODHEALS. So when was it that you stopped everything and then you just had to be like, okay, what am I going to do with my lifestyle now to make sure this doesn't come back? Good question. So my final day of chemotherapy and any kind of cancer-related treatment was March 13th, 2010. Mm -hmm. Yay, it's been a long time. Yay! Yeah. I mean, the whole process, I started to become more aware of what I was putting into my body. Even like during chemo, I, I decided... If my body is working so hard on dealing with these terrible drugs that are being like injected into me, I just was thinking that I should make my body's job easier. I I went completely vegan for like almost a year and I felt great. And then gradually after chemo was done, I I stayed that way. And then I realized that for me and the life that I lead, it's very difficult to be strictly vegan. So I gradually introduced things back. But from the time that all of that ended and I was officially like cancer free, I've totally changed the way I think about what I put into me, which is probably the best thing that the whole experience brought Mm -hmm. because every meal that I have, I make sure that there's like a massive salad with it of like, not like iceberg lettuce, like not watery stuff, but like good, like arugula, spinach, kale. I refuse to eat meat unless I know where it came from. So I've heard you say this before. So what would you do if you could go back? Would you do the same treatment that you did or would you do something else? Oh, I would not do what I did (laughs) again. And I don't recommend what I did for anyone. Number one, because half of what I did was a huge waste of my time and energy. And I gave up like elements of my body and my health that I didn't necessarily need to. The only thing I did that I don't take back was the surgery. I feel like mentally knowing that I cut it out of me was something that helped me get over like one major hurdle. And I feel like as much as I would love to still have my breasts and one day be able to breastfeed a child and all this, which I can't do now, I think the peace of mind of not having them for the rest of my life, especially having that genetic mutation, the BRCA gene, I think that's like the only thing I would ever take from my experience and choose to do ever again. As far as like the chemo, which didn't work the first time and the radiation, which is a nightmare because it's just so exhausting and hard to get to. Instead, while I was recovering, I went on a crazy Netflix documentary binge and I started watching everything that Allie had ever mentioned to me, (laughs) but I never had like the energy or time or like mental capacity to like do. Um, I I sat on my couch and just started Netflixing. Like Allie had sent me a list like a list of documentaries. She was like, watch this, watch this, watch this. These are all really good. You need to watch these. And I was like, okay, Allie, I don't have time. And then I finally (laughs) did. And I think it was A Beautiful Truth, the first one that I watched. And it blew my mind. And then I watched another one. I think I watched Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. And that blew my mind. And then I started to think about what is good for me to do to keep healing, especially after all the treatments that I went through. I mean, there's a lot of healing that needed to be done inside of my body. My poor liver and kidneys had probably been through the ringer. I mean, they process everything, right? That's toxic. So like, I didn't even want to know. So I I was watching all of these documentaries and I was learning that the things that your body really needs to heal come from nature. I would have totally taken a different alternative and the Gerson therapy, which I then watched like a bunch, even like low budget, low, low, low budget documentaries on the Gerson therapy. Basically, I mean, I'm, I'm by no means the expert, 
But the basic gist of it is there is a man. I forget his first name. But Max Gerson. Max Gerson. And, I mean, he lived to be ancient. Like, he lived for so long, super healthy his whole life. His daughter now runs his... Charlotte Gerson. Charlotte, yeah. His, like, business, if you want to call it that. But it's not really about business like a hospital is. It's more about helping people and teaching them yeah. ways to, like, save I haven't themselves. watched this. I haven't heard of this. Um, well, Gerson therapy has a higher cure rate than chemotherapy or radiation. But it's banned in the United States. It is, I guess, controversial, but it's as aggressive as you treat your body with chemotherapy, radiation, and drugs. You do the same thing, but with green juice and coffee enemas. Mm -hmm. And coffee enemas goes back to World War II. And that's how, when they had soldiers that were in the hospitals and wounded or unhealthy or sick and dying, whatever, they would give them coffee enemas because it's an immediate release of toxins. So what the coffee enema does is it, it goes into your body and it leaches all the toxins out. So it's immediately taking the toxins out of your body. So you're putting all the new nutrition in that your body needs to heal and to get rid of all the things that it doesn't need. And so Gerson therapy is extremely aggressive, but instead of sitting up with a chemotherapy needle going into you, you're having green juice going into you all day long, all day, all day long. Like it's, it's a full, you know, it's, it's like 20 something juices a day. Exactly. I mean, you, you don't have, a you don't minute. have a life. You don't go to school. You don't go teach. You know, you don't yeah. do your job. It's just like Jill did with her chemotherapy. You do with this juicing protocol mm -hmm. and it it really amazed me when i watched the documentary and i thought wow that's what i should have done and I've, I've said this and this is why i think ali said i've heard you say this before and i'll say it again right now god willing this won't ever happen again to me right i mean clearly probably not breast cancer but like i would never want it to show up somewhere else in my body if it does in the future at any point i don't care if i'm 40 or if I'm 95, I'm doing Gerson therapy. Just to touch on what Ali said about that it's banned in the United States, I actually can explain why. Please I, do. I talked to my oncologist about this. He was very supportive of using alternative methods to complement and to help keep my body strong during chemotherapy. He was not the doctor who was like, oh, don't waste your money on acupuncture. That won't work. He was very much like, yeah, go get the acupuncture. It should be great. That's good. Um, he told me alcohol was fine, but he told me no sugar. Like he was, he knew enough about the nutrition. Which alcohol reduces to sugar, so. Right, mm. but I think he knew that like, I might have a life. <laughs> yeah. Um, need to blow up Better to steam. drink a glass of wine than to eat a Snickers bar. Right, yeah, exactly. He definitely didn't have me like on an ice cream diet. He was, he was trying to keep me healthy in that way. And I mentioned the Gerson therapy to him and I was like, I really want to try this because it's something I can do during chemotherapy. And he, it was the first time where he actually like couldn't give me an answer and he looked at me and he said, it's illegal in the United States for a medical doctor to treat cancer with anything other than surgery, chemotherapy, or radiation. And I was like, but what are your thoughts on the Gerson therapy? And he just repeated himself. Like, it's illegal for me to treat you with because anything Because he had to other. cover his ass. Not, not that right. he's a bad person no. or anything, but like... I completely understand yeah, it. This it's country. scary. So it's banned here. No, but let's talk about exactly what it is. It yes. is relinquishing his power to be like, I'm going to give you this and it's going to do this. It's going, your body's going to receive this substance mm -hmm. and we're going to let it heal. Healing is your body taking over control and doing its thing. Curing is taking an external substance or a surgery uh -huh. from the outside and saying, I'm going to do this to you. Right. That, that to me is very, there's a difference between healing and curing. Well, and cure has been a buzzword that we're not allowed to say. No one's allowed to say anything right. has cured them other than what the medical establishment provides. Right. That's, so that's scary too. Yeah. Yeah. So, but he was very supportive and I full on told him, I'm like, listen, I go see him every three months and I'm like, if this ever happens again, I'm sorry, but I'm not coming back to you. <laughs> I trust you to check my blood every month and look for tumor markers. Sure. And I trust you to like do my full body exam and press on all my lymph nodes and make sure that nothing's inflamed, but I'm not doing that again. And the Gerson Institute is actually, since it's banned in the United States, it actually sounds sketchy. It's in Tijuana, right? Which you're like, why would anyone go to Tijuana for like medical treatment? That's actually, not what you immediately think of Tijuana. Just right. all of our Mexican listeners, all of our listeners in Mexico. Oh, yeah. Tijuana is a different panache. Right. It's more of like a go there for a fun partying time, yeah. not go there to heal your cancer. Right. But Charlotte Gerson runs like her office out in San Diego. San Diego. Uh -huh. And then it's just like a 30 minute drive over the border. And the Gerson Institute has their own. It's a huge hospital like campus where they 
prescribe you a plan of juicing. They have their own farm on premise. They have their own water purification system. Everything is alkaline. They grow. They they do everything there. And you actually, when you go in for the treatment, you pay whatever the cost is. I, I thank God I didn't have to look up the price because I haven't gotten there. But there's a, a price and it covers you and a friend or a family member to go with you. And you actually live there at the Institute for two weeks and they teach you everything you need to know and they teach you all the recipes and they send you home with all of the tools and the juicers and the blenders if you don't already have and everything and they send you home with a plan so they treat you for two weeks get you into the routine and then they send you home and they say do it for as long as you can or however long you need and I think there's a point where you go back and get like reevaluated and checked but the whole two weeks you're there they're constantly they have their own doctors on premise and they're constantly checking everything depending on what kind of cancer you have and people see like drastic results in those first two weeks and yeah. then they send what's you the documentary time. called again there's a lot um I but think there's I the, the gerson miracle yeah that's the one i think that um gave me the most info the Beautiful, Beautiful Truth, Truth is a really good one. That talks a lot about the teeth, Susie. You would love that one, actually. Talks about teeth? Yes. <laughs> so you should watch I'm that one, and then we'll come back and talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we have a whole other podcast about teeth, for sure. Um, but yeah, that's a good one. There's a bunch. If you go to Gerson.org, they have a bunch of documentaries. Like Jill was saying, some of them are actually kind of low budget, but the information is there, and the stories are incredible. You go to their website, you can read all about people who are doing this. And the other thing I wanted to add to what Jill said is, if you can't afford to go there, which I believe it's 1000 or 2000 a week, I may be misspeaking for you and a guest. So you have to go there with a loved one to help you learn the therapy. You cannot go there alone. Mm-hmm. You go there with a person, your loved one, your brother, your sister, your mother, your uncle, your husband, whatever. Your best friend slash roommate. Exactly. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would have taken, I wanted to go there with her. But <laughs> you go there and um, if you can't afford it or you can't fly there or you're too sick, whatever, they will give you the protocol to do at home. They just don't supervise it with a doctor because they can't. Mm-hmm. But you can do this at home. They will give you everything you need to do. There is telephone support, something like 24-7. You know, it's very, very accessible where you can call and get all the info you need. And so, you know, I think the message of this podcast is do your research. Find out what you think will work for you and go for it 100%. That's what it is. Find out what will work for you. Yeah. And don't just get one opinion get lots get information and go on a netflix documentary binge you know for me i i was 25 it hit me like a brick wall and i didn't i know ali like so badly wanted me to take the time and research and learn and choose a method of treatment that would be scary no no one here is judging you no one listening to you is judging this like it is fucking scary when they're like yeah you're sick you could die this is what we need to do right now yesterday yeah scary yeah Yeah. so i didn't take the time but during all of it i did take the time and i feel like that's totally what I, i would do and that's what i would recommend like if it if this were you know if someone else near and dear to me family member friend whatever I would be like, I'll go be your buddy like Ali wanted to do. Let's go to the Gerson Institute in Mexico and I will give you your coffee enema. I will stick a thing up your butt and shoot coffee in that there. That is a good friend. <laughs> I just because I feel like... I feel like Ali would do that for both of us. Ali absolutely <laughs> would do it for both of us. Ali did it for her dog. Or I right? do it for myself, okay? <laughs> I did do it to my dog. I gave him a coffee enema. When you he did? Was, yes, when he was... I thought he was poisoned. I didn't That's know right. what it was, so I did it. Some shit came out. Not going to lie. It was revolting. <laughs> oh, Jackson. Yeah. So I don't know if it was poison. I don't know what it was. I never got it tested. But hey, I got something out. He lived. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Cheers to coffee. Don't just drink your coffee. Shoot it up your butt, too. Yeah, that's a whole other topic. Um, we should do a podcast about that. But we'll do that at another time. Um, I just want to mention there's also Hippocrates Institute in Florida. So if Mexico is too far away, there's a lot of institutes out there who are doing very similar work. And, you know, I'm happy to post some of these references in the show notes and we'll definitely do more podcasts on these issues. And what I'd really like to do is do another podcast, Jill, with you. I know that you have a morning routine that we didn't get to about what you do now 
and what really helps you get through every single day as a healthy, happy individual and you have your smoothies and you have your juice recipes and everything like that. So please come back. We're going to do that one really soon. So everyone listening, Food Heals Nation, stay tuned for Jill's What She Does Now Healthy Recipes. Jill, I want to thank you so much for being here and sharing your story because not only does this touch on a personal note for me, for my good friend from high school, mm-hmm. who I, I'm not going to tear up, but it's it's almost to that point where like she was supposed to fly back with me from New York to Seattle about a little over a year ago on the same flight. We were booked on the same flight, happenstance. We were mm-hmm. both going to Seattle. She calls me the night before and I'm like, oh, maybe we can get seats next to each other. And she's, she calls me the night before and she said, I found a lump. And I said, what? She's like, I'm not going to be on the flight. And she wasn't able to come to my wedding. She had her her surgery and she was going through chemo at the time. And I said, girl, you do what you got to do. You take care of yourself. It's okay. Yeah. You will be missed. But I've watched her go through all of this over the past year. And so like for you to come on here and share your experience. And she was even talking to me, God, less than three weeks ago about how like the things that you learn going through this uh, little things. And she has a great sense of humor, too, about what you think about breast cancer and if you get diagnosed and surgeries and all of it, all of the little things going surrounding it are not what you think. There's a lot more going on and it's it's intense. So I just want to thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your story and being so open and honest because I know that just even watching my friend go through it was elucidating. Just having you here is going to help our listeners and the world at large just be aware. You know, that's what we're about is sharing information and knowledge and experience, Mm. right? Because up until now, up until a little over a year ago, my head was in in the dark about this. I was like, la, 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 you know, whatever. And then I saw my friend go through it. So thank you for being here and being so brave. Well, you are welcome. I am very grateful to be here. And I'm glad that I got to share my story. And this was fun. Thank you. If I had like one last bit of advice to give everyone listening for whatever it's worth, if it's for you or for a loved one or for your neighbor that you don't know very well for whoever, I think that honestly, the thing that helped me the most with everything, forget treatment, forget anything, just keeping a positive outlook and a positive attitude is all you can do. Okay, I have no hair, but I'm like 10 pounds skinnier than I've ever been in my life. <laughs> I look so banging in this bathing suit with my wig on. Look at me. <laughs> Gotta look at the bright side. Yeah. That's all you can do. That's all you have control over, right? Yeah. Is your outlook. Yeah, and it really helped. So, word for all of you. Word from the wise. Take it from Jill. Take it from me. Just stay positive. That's our show. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for Jill for sharing her story so honestly and authentically. And I hope that you learned something from it. You know, I learned a lot from being her roommate and watching her go through it. And even hearing the story again was really touching and it really affected me. I hope you got something out of this. I think that she had some amazing advice and things to say. And we're going to be back with Jill because we didn't even get into the amazing things that she's doing now. So we're going to have her back with how she maintains a really healthy, active lifestyle. Today's tweetable comes from Jill. The things that your body really needs to heal comes from nature. If you like that, tweet it to us at Food Heals Nation and use the hashtag Food Heals Podcast in your post. See you next time, Food Heals Nation. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to change their status update from hashtag blessed to hashtag OMG even more blessed than yesterday, hashtag loving life. If you experience any of these symptoms, make sure to tweet to Kardashian immediately. (laughs) 